0: She, in fact, just did the very first competition class just a couple of weeks ago, which was packed. It was, I think, 27 bikes, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, full house. And we, uh, we actually surveyed a lot of the folks in there, and they said that they push anywhere. We sort of asked them to try to define how much harder they work, seeing this screen and the, the results were anywhere from sort of 20% harder to 110% harder, mm-hmm. the, the average being around <laughs> 47%, if that's meaningful, but people were uh, really excited about it and it, it's really motivated them to, uh, to come more often to the club, I think.
1: Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com Hi and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your very excited host because winter is here and that means our indoor cycling season is starting to kick off. And as always, I'm very grateful that you're listening. As we continue to watch manufacturers evolve through what I call indoor cycling 2.0, the introduction of metrics, be it heart rate monitors, or more importantly, power measurement on our indoor cycling bikes, it brings inevitable concerns from those of us who have taught on conventional non-technology-based indoor cycling bikes for a long time. And I know one of the concerns that uh, many have is that when we put some kind of a display or a computer console in the front of our students, ask them to reference it, next thing we know it, they're focused on it. And I don't know that's really a good thing when, you know, the objective of having an instructor is having our participants look at us, look for direction, give us some connection with them from a community perspective, plus just so that they can mimic the things that we're doing and makes everything work better. So to that end, I you know I'm aware of a club in New York, actually they've expanded to Florida and Chicago, but Flywheel Sports has a very unique system of displaying participants power readings up on a screen and the, what I think is cool about that is Everybody in the class, they got their head up. They're looking forward, like a good cyclist would do, at the instructor. And it offers a lot of other elements as far as a competitiveness and those type of things. But the problem is, unless you're a franchise, I don't know if they're actually franchised, but unless you own a flywheel facility, you don't have an option to their system because it's completely proprietary. Enter my guess. I'd like you guys to meet the, uh, I'm going to call them rocket scientists, Because uh, that's about how I look at them from the the level of both entrepreneurism and intelligence that they've displayed. To me, uh, I had a chance to meet these two guys. But first, I want you to meet Mark Davids. From uh, Performance IQ, Mark, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Those are certainly big shoes to fill, and I'm, I'm sure to underwhelm after that introduction. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> thank you. but And then your partner, who's actually really the brains behind a lot of this, as far as I understand it. That's true. Tay Yu. Tay, welcome.
2: Thanks, John. Appreciate you having me.
1: All right. Now, you guys are based actually in Chicago, right? Or in that area?
0: That's correct. Yep.
1: All right, and you have created a i guess where you you use or I'd like to use a retrofit system to take power measurements, well, for that matter in cadence, and display them up on a flat screen TV or a projector screen. Where did that come from? Where did you guys first come up with that idea?
0: I originally had uh, come up with the idea when I was training for a triathlon, actually at the time uh, I was living in Atlanta, my friend and I were training for this, we were w- running, swimming and biking and then uh, some unseasonable weather came in so we were uh, we went into the indoor cycling environment and uh, we realized that there was no objective way for us to really compete. We're a pretty competitive bunch, and so uh, we wanted to see where we stood and ranked uh, relative to one another in terms of uh, performance, power output, and so forth, and there was really no way to do that. In that particular case, there were no computers uh, on the bikes, but even if there were, it's difficult to see. By looking over. So um, it occurred to <laughs> so me. So you're that...
1: checking up on the guy next to you to see if he's telling you the truth. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Right. I, was to, I was trying to peek over. So, anyway, that, I, I thought it might be uh, useful to create a device that, uh, that wirely transmitted that information to a screen so everyone could see everyone's performance. At that point, enter Tay.
1: Because you realize you need somebody really smart to be able to figure out how this all would work. I,
0: I knew I certainly wasn't smart enough to be able to do it, so I needed to recruit the uh, help of an engineer and uh, the mind of an engineer. And Tay and I actually met through uh, a company we both worked for at the time, and we just sort of started a dialogue. I, I think Tay kind of got excited about it too, and we uh, decided to pursue it last year.
2: Yeah, and you know, on top of that, Mark and I are both. You know, I'm also a triathlete, so we love using this to compete. So it's been kind of a fun thing to use for ourselves. Right. So you guys, obviously,
1: you understand, you know, the whole concept of proper training technique and, and, and how so much of that is around based around measurement.
0: Yeah, very much. You know, I think you you obviously you have to you know, in order to improve, you know, looking at your performance, um, you know, week on week is uh, is really important. Uh, you know, obviously technology is subsuming so so much a part of everyone's lives nowadays with mobile apps. And I think everyone's just getting a little bit more technical about that type of thing. So uh, it seems very logical. We would try to bring something to the indoor cycling environment.
1: I need to tell everybody, you know, we've been talking, I don't know, six months, eight months, Something like that. Yeah, you guys that contacted time. Bill Pryor yeah. and myself and kind of told us what you had going on. And, and uh, we told you that once you're ready, we're just really <laughs> excited to talk about it. The, uh, so tell us, uh, you know, first, and I, obviously this is audio, and I have a short video up at com forward slash top power, which is the, the name of your display system. And uh, you can get information about that there. You have a system that is currently designed around Kaiser M3s, but not exclusively, correct?
2: Correct. Uh, We have this system that's developed for Kaiser M3, but we're also working on other top-line models so that we can provide this retrofit device to all gyms across the board. Very cool. And you guys actually were up here last week
1: at uh, where I'm teaching at CycleQuest Studio, and my buddy ICI Pro member, Joe Dukasen and uh, you actually did kind of a beta install. That's where I made the video with myself competing with Joe. And I was really impressed on, you've got, it's essentially just a plug and play system. You know, if, if somebody has M3s, they can plug these little transmitter units in and, Pretty much away you go
0: yeah it was um yeah. it, simplicity we, we really think was a, an important part of this um to, to try to be non-invasive and with the m3 it's uh, actually quite an easy process because there's a uh, there's a, a telephone type port that we uh tap into and the device is it, it sort of blends into the bike that was another thing that was important not to have it stand out because it's a very elegant bike design and it's a, a fairly simple install that was kind of a key component to the design of the system originally
1: for the potential business owners, entrepreneurs out there, how long have this been in development?
2: Uh, I would say we seriously started looking at this and working on this full time back in February, which is right before we contact you and Bill. So, yeah, in about 10 months of development. Your current installations are? We have current installations at right now Gold Cycle Studio in River North, Chicago. And Cycle Quest in Minneapolis, as you mentioned, Joe's studio, and Go Cycle has been in, installed over two months now. What have the experiences been there?
0: It's been tremendous, actually. The uh, uh, Emmy, who's the owner, was very excited when we first told her about the system, which, as Tay mentioned, was you know under development. We sort of used it as a prototype to see uh, what people's reaction would be. But it's been it's been tremendous. She, in fact, just did her uh, the very first competition class just a couple of weeks ago, which was packed. It was I think twenty seven bikes, if i'm not mistaken yeah full house and we uh, we actually surveyed a lot of the folks in there and they said that they push anywhere we sort of asked them to try to define how much harder they work seeing this screen and uh, the results were anywhere from sort of 20 percent harder to 110 percent harder um, oh, wow. and the, the average being around 47 percent if that's meaningful but people were uh really excited about it and it's really motivated them to uh to come more often to the club, I think,
1: having a chance to ride with it and, and ex- see it, and again because this is audio, explain, you know, what data uh, is available to be displayed on the screen wall, you know, projector.
2: So from the Kaiser bug, you're basically seeing the same set of data that you see on the little computer screen on the Kaisers. Uh, Basically, we take the information about the, uh, the power that you're putting out, which is based on your resistance and RPM, and also the RPM. And using that information, we're also able to calculate energy. You know, power is shown in watts in the Kaiser M3 system. And we take that information to figure out energy in kilojoules. So we, and, you know, as far as uh, customizing display and different ways to show data, we can do that also. Okay, yeah, and we had talked about that, that if someone has a
1: specific, specific need, you guys are, you know, early enough in all this that you're, you know, you're, well, I should say early enough, but you've designed it in a way that it can be customized in, in large respect. Right. The, okay, so explain to everyone why the, why the energy field, the reading well, that they're seeing.
2: Yeah, I mean one thing that Mark and I noticed uh while we, you know, while going through and looking at the Kaiser bikes and, you know, flywheel sports is that power is an instantaneous number. So as you take your class, you know, you can put out a lot of power in the beginning. You know, your energy output, your energy accumulation is going to be much lower for a person that kind of puts out a lot in the beginning and just kind of uh coasts at the end. So energy is a true measure from beginning to the end of the class. The accumulation of uh, power credits you, you have put into the system. So, it's a really a, a single true measure of understanding how much work you have put out during the class. Okay. Mark, how do you see that
1: benefiting a, a participant?
0: Well, I think you can, um, you sort of learn to pace yourself a little bit better. It feels a bit more like you're sort of on a, a running track. You, you know, you've got to run six miles. You know, you don't want to go too fast at the beginning. So I think it, it does help with pacing. As Tay and I experienced when we first used it it, it, it keeps you honest, number one, but it really sort of forces you to either stay ahead. You know, I'll either want to catch Tay or he's trying to catch me. Um, you really want to try and preserve your rank. Just like at the beginning of a race the the crowd is very congealed at the beginning, but then, as the race starts to open up, the different rank positions start to become more fixed. The goal is really to preserve your rank you know if you're whether you're you know fifteenth in the class, whether you're top in the class, wherever you are, it really it, in a sense forces you to try and stay in that position and and that's where the extra work comes in
1: It's interesting because your system has you know multiple displays on it. As far as giving you an understanding of, you know, first what, where you are cumulative in energy, meaning the total amount of work that you've created. But there's also kind of a, like a horse race that scrolls across the top that identifies each participant and their place in, in position. Yeah. Now, okay. Now, one concern that I would have with that is, you know, we're not all equal in in strength ability or fitness so how do you or how or what has your your studio in chicago what have they done to help people uh, accept that they're not going to be number 1 i guess that maybe that's the question i'm trying to ask
0: to, to be very truthful with you, it hasn't become an issue so far where people have been, you know, sort of complaining that they were not, you know, in the in the top five or in, in first place type of thing. So that hasn't really become an issue. But we can certainly see where, you know, obviously weight can be an advantage, you know, strength and size and so forth. Uh, it, it's certainly all, all people are not sort of built equal. And that's something we, you know, m- maybe Tay can talk a little bit more about this, but we can certainly, if a, if if it's required by the gym to customize it so that you can provide some input for weight and height and so forth, you can actually create a calorie number uh, instead of a, what, what is now kilojoules and that becomes a little bit more customized. Or you could do a kilojoules uh, per pound of body weight, which equalizes for that. So the, these are all fairly easy combinations to create to to level that playing field. But as of right now, we, that hasn't been something that we've heard from the studio. But it's not to say yeah. it may not happen in future.
2: But one thing we have done at Goal Cycle to make the gender issue you know basically be fair is that we have colored the female riders differently from the male riders which is what they requested so that they understand that if they're losing behind the, or if they're behind a the pack of riders you know they can see that these are all guys so they don't feel as discouraged it's kind of like in a real bike race or a triathlon you know you have a, a leaderboard with male and female separately but at the same time you're racing everyone together so against yeah. each other at the same time. So, you know what I would I'd want to age rank one then <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, that's feasible
1: <laughs> to go from there. I have the opportunity of talking with pretty much every manufacturer and a lot of club owners, you know, from very small studios to you know huge big box clubs, you know everybody in between. And I know one of the concerns that many express is, the, the user interface question or problem in that you know they've got technology on their indoor cycles now and random people coming in off the street and jumping on them. And so, for example, you have a class of 20 people and five of them are very experienced and the other 15 are of random including two or three new people in that it's it's troublesome that – the instructor or the organization feels a need that well, we make sure we need to make sure we've, we're educating to the very lowest level, but at that point you're you're boring the experienced people, and so in having these conversations, it's you know do we put up some kind of a training video or do something like that, you know, before the class? But what I see is that with your system, that you almost could eliminate the the, the console on each individual cycle. And so you completely eliminate anything other than, than the participant coming in, climbing on, setting their adjustments and going. Is that something that you're considering, you know, or is an option?
0: Certainly for the uh, the, the Kaiser bikes, our, our design requires that the, the console is actually in place for those particular bikes. But the other bike types that we're looking at uh, certainly don't require it, and I know Take and Talk certainly more in detail than I can, uh, about how we measure power and uh, create uh, a proxy for that. In that case, the power console wouldn't need, to, as, you, as you rightly stated, it would be bypassed. And so you'd simply have our device affixed to the bike and then you'd simply look on the screen and from there it's hopefully very intuitive as to what's going on as you as you exert more power uh, you'll see that immediate power number increase as your legs spin faster their RPM naturally will increase and then um, as a function of that, obviously, uh, if if you're continually producing higher power, your total energy will go up. So it's a, a fairly intuitive uh, layout from that standpoint, and uh, and that's one of the things that we had hoped to create. But certainly, for the uh, in the Kaiser environment, a computer is required at this point.
2: Right, exactly. Did you have something to add there, Tay? Yeah, uh, you know, John John, you mentioned that the larger gyms, you know, they're looking to upgrade to join this, uh, you know, indoor cycling 2.0 movement of basically where people can look at their information and get their performance data. And this is a kind of a this is a solution where you don't have to retrofit each bike like you said. We can retrofit the bikes without the computer being on the bike itself and still project the data to the screen and also, you know, file the data into a database where people can privately look at their information. So this not only gives them a Uh, More economical option, but it also takes away the extra hardware that's on the bikes. So, you know, extra hardware means maintenance. So for us, it's kind of bypassing some of that cost and headache of upgrading each bike with the computer. Right. And
1: see, I, I, I all love that. And when you, when you look at, you know, airplane fighter pilots, you know, there's a reason that they use heads up display that creates the image on the, on the windscreen of the airplane. And there's car manufacturers bringing that data upwards too, to keep people from focusing down and focusing forward where they really need to. And I think that just completely holds true there. It's just so much fun watching this whole thing evolve. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, so okay. So, so you guys are ready to start doing installs at facilities with Kaiser M3s currently. And well, and I think we should add that you guys have actually been doing some, you know, working directly with Kaiser, you know, through some of this. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, we've been talking to Kaiser on the marketing side on their sales team to understand the market needs and also different, um, you know, features and benefits that we can add so that it – it fits better to the the market. You know, Mark and I are pretty new to this fitness industry. We're still learning, and John, you've taught us quite a bit just in the last uh, couple of weeks about what to look for and uh, what to think about. So, yeah, working with Kaiser has been a great experience, and uh, yeah, we're just kind of bettering our product through their uh, through their uh, marketing team.
1: Oh yeah, no, I and I you know have nothing but good to say for them. They. If it wasn't for their initial sponsorship, we never would have had our first conference, and uh, so I am forever grateful to them. And, and and teaching on them, and I know that their, you know, their product is. Well, it was funny. We were talking to Joe at the studio on Sunday. Remember, he was saying he's had bikes for over a year. And he hasn't he hasn't touched one.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing. We we have heard that fairly consistently, um, you know, throughout the markets and, and all the different gyms that we've talked to. But it, uh, as far as maintenance, they've definitely uh, uh, figured that out because it is uh, very, very maintenance-free or, or uh, low-intensity uh, maintenance. So that's certainly a good thing.
1: If someone has interest, talking more, getting an understanding of cost, installation, uh, technical details, you know, what's the best way to contact you guys?
0: Well, I think um, certainly the website is, is one method, uh, if, I may, if I may take a quick pitch here, but it's uh, myperformanceiq, one word, .com, and our contact information is there. And that's, that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. And we'll, you know, obviously, we'll call back right away.
1: I, I, and I know you will, because you guys <laughs> are very excited to see this. And I'm excited, you know, to watch, again, how the whole thing progresses. All right, well, Mark Davids... Tay you. I I want to thank you for joining me today, and I'm just going to be very excited to hear going forward now how uh, everything progresses for you guys. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thank you
0: very much, John. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. So, again, if you're looking for just general information, the the video that I created, if you just run to indoorcycleinstructor.com forward slash top power, you'll be able to see that. And if uh, you happen to be one of these studio owners with Kaiser Bikes and, and you're thinking, yeah, I should do this, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are at john at indoorcycleinstructor.com. So until next time, thank you for listening.